You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey, but we want to reach this out to a wider audience, and doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host Pierce, live from Montreal. I'm joined by my good pal Schmitty for the first time in person, and unfortunately he couldn't be here with us, but we're still able to get him on uh, this. Uh, Will Scouch, how's it going, Will? It's going well. It's been an exciting week. I've been here since Sunday, just uh, finishing up all my work, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. What have you done so far in Montreal? Uh, what have we done so far? Well, uh, we've hung out here quite a while, played quite a few board games, sampled some local restaurants out where we're at in the neighborhood we're in. Um, I went downtown, picked up my media credentials, played around with that for a little while, saw the media room and everything. So it's been an exciting week. Sounds like it. Yeah. So we just landed here today. Um, yeah, yeah, so, (laughs) um, we're going to waste no time here. Um, we're going to get right into the, the the draft and ask you some questions here. Uh, rapid fire, I guess. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah, uh, I, I kind of wanted to go first. I, I kind of wanted to just start by um, – I went and watched your draft video that you posted. I think it was yesterday or the day before that. Excellent video, by the way. Yeah, good job. Thank, um, you. Thank you. I One thing I just noticed through all the scouting videos is just your high praise for Brad Lambert. And I, I, for one, agree with that. I, I see Brad Lambert's upside and his skating ability and everything. Um I just want to know maybe what do you think scouts see that maybe has made him falling down the down in some other people's eyes? Because like I, I believe I agree with you. I think he should be a top ten pick, but from yeah. what it's like he won't. So. so I think there's a few things going on. I think I think one is it is objectively true that I think in terms of production he's kind of underwhelmed, um, even as a guy who is portrayed as as potentially dominant. I, even in my games where I was seeing him, I didn't really see him very often, you know, sort of grab the game by the reins and just sort of drive the bus that well. But I think that, and I think another thing is you hear a lot of talk about his hockey IQ or his hockey sense or whatever word you want to use. And I think there's an, I think there's a grain of truth to that. I I think that there's, I think there's a, 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 maybe a psychological phenomenon where if you think there's some, like if you have high expectations of someone, and a small part of them kind of doesn't meet those expectations. It can kind of overcorrect in the other direction. I think, I think with him, there are issues that are, you know, 
around processing the game, you know, reading it a step ahead of everybody else and trying to stay ahead of the game and, and really sort of dictating things as well as he could. But, you know, I think, I think a lot of that melts away when you see him back at the junior level and you see him back, um, you know, when the puck is on his stick. I mean, you see a lot of talent there. So it's just going to be a matter of putting it all together. I think I look at the season as a bit of a write-off. I mean, I think he went from a bad situation to a worse one, which also doesn't really help in a lot of different ways. But I think that's the big thing with him is that there's a lot of little things that come along, and I think people's expectations were quite high and not and not quite reaching that upside potential this season that he seems to have had. I think people have kind of swung the pendulum in the opposite direction a little bit. Do you think he goes – in the first round still? Or do you I think hope so. I, I think so. I think so. I, th- I think there's got to be a team out there who still sees the player that he is. I mean, you know, again, he played very little time this year at the junior level. Uh, a guy like Yuri Slavkovsky got a pretty decent stretch to play junior hockey and, and sort of show off a little bit. Um, Lambert really didn't get that opportunity. And I, you know, in the work that I've done over the year, especially before he switched teams, there was a lot of information in there that was really, really positive with him. So, I think that if there are teams out there that are interested in that style of player, which I think there are at least some, um, especially with all the teams that have multiple first-round picks, then uh, there might be some activity to, to maybe move down or move up or whatever. But I, I think that it, I think I'd be surprised if he slipped out of the first round. But I also wouldn't be if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I was gonna say, what, what's the highest you could see him going? Well, I've heard a lot of people all of a sudden talking about him going to Seattle at four because the Thunderbirds got his got his rights. But I, from what I've heard from people who know more, I think it's that that was more like Saskatoon wasn't going to pick him up, and they were looking for a better solution. And and Seattle picked up the phone and said, "Yeah, well, sure, like let's see what we can do." So you know, I, I get the feeling that that was more of a convenience thing and a coincidence that he went to an NHL market. Um, I mean, if Seattle wanted him, they could probably get him. But I get the feeling that he'll probably go somewhere in the middle of the first round somewhere. You know, I, I, I mean, even with all of his issues, I still see him as, as very, very strong in that sort of large group of players that opens up around seven or eight. Uh, and I see him right at the top of that group. So I could see him in that range for sure. I forgot that the the Thunderbirds picked up his rights because I know he was with the Blades before. Do you think, yep. do, do, you, do you think he stays another year in Finland or do you think he comes over to – to North American points so I, I, I think up. it really I think it really depends on the team that drafts them. I think I think I think there's an argument to be made that, you know, if a team like the LA Kings somehow get another first round pick, they, they, I believe they traded theirs away. If they somehow manage to land another one or, or a team like Carolina manages to land one or you know, insert team here. It is, but I mean, like, you know, insert team here that has a first-round pick and an AHL team that's young and fast and and full of talent and everything. You know, you could put Brad Lambert right there, and and maybe that could be a better situation for him. But, you know, sending him to junior, I think, would be a much easier transition. I think it would be sort of punching below his weight class, but I believe he has said himself he wants to play men's hockey next year at some level. Oh, Joe, you go. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I was just gonna say one last thing to maybe like wrap up the Lambert conversation because I feel like he's such an intriguing prospect. Um, what team in your mind maybe has the system that fits his play style best? Because I know you mentioned that with um mm-hmm. with this year in the Finnish league that he was playing with a team that wasn't performing him properly, or at least in a way that would benefit his skill set. So I'm just like you said, LA. But um, are there any other teams maybe that you were that maybe would fit that bill as 
Yeah, I mean, San Jose comes to mind immediately. Uh, I think that's an interesting idea. Um, I think if Vancouver, you know, they got a new set of people running the show there. He's right in that range. Um, I'd be surprised if it was Vancouver, but they kind of like these. They seem to want these sort of skilled, speedy guys. Um, you know, but, but San Jose comes to mind immediately. I mean, 11 might be a bit high compared to what you might expect out of them, but I think they need a guy like Lambert. They've drafted a lot of guys who have a bit of that speed skill combo, but they're all wingers. And so they might need a bit more of that sort of up the middle, um, something to sort of transport pucks up the middle of the ice on open ice. And I think that could be him. Um, but it's also, it's also very hard to tell from this perspective. I mean, it, not a whole lot of teams use their AHL systems or are they're as full as a team like uh, I'd say Carolina or, or even like a Vegas comes to mind, but I doubt I doubt that he's available where where Vegas is picking. Gotcha. Um, so we're Blackhawks fans, unfortunately. I think you knew that. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, so there's a possibility that the Blackhawks could be picking the top ten, even top five, because of a potential odds to bring kick trade. There's also a chance that they don't pick until their first pick, which is their second round pick at 38. So I kind of want to cover both. Um, if the Blackhawks say get, I, I know Philadelphia said they don't want to trade their fifth, but like hypothetically they get their fifth pick or they even get Seattle's fourth pick. Do you pick for positional need or do you just let the best player fall to you? Because we don't even know who's going to go first overall. So if all the, the, the old saying that all it takes is one team to like yeah. one player over another player that could bring true. So um, yeah. I, I just want to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, I always, always will advocate for drafting for best players, right? Like, just draft the good ones. I think when I'm Chicago, you know, you don't, there's not a whole lot in the system, no. right? Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of meh. And I think that with Chicago, you just need more, like, more swings, just take bigger hits. And I think, I mean, I have my own thoughts about trading Alex to Brinkett at this point in his career, but oh, if we, we want to get a ton of we both done that. I think at least yeah, I am, you, we're yeah, like at it, that point where where it's like we, we think he's gonna get traded. So that's kind of where we're at. But I think it'd be best if they kept him and built around him. Yeah. The accepted stage is okay, I guess. And yeah. I imagine they'll get quite a so <laughs> I imagine yeah. Quite, yeah. 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 I imagine they'll get quite a bit. So I think uh it's hard to say. I mean, I look at, I, I, I think they'll do, I mean, look, the thing about need and drafting on need is that it makes no sense. Like you're, you're not drafting for what your team looks like now. You're trying to build a team that comes down the road. So why would you patch your team's current needs in the draft when those players are two, three years away? So, you know, you might, you might skip on a guy for drafting someone you need now. And then in three years, you're going to need the guy that you can skip on. So I, uh, <laughs> Sam McGilligan's walking up the back porch. He's, he's coming in. He went to Old Navy. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I think if I'm Chicago, I mean, I, I go for best players and just, just go for upside. And, and if you are going to get a lot of picks for Alex to bring it, then you better hit, you better hit on those picks because you could oh, do yeah. a lot of damage, oh, yeah. but uh, it's a risk. Oh, yeah. We have, I, I feel like if anyone, anyone, we've stressed that enough, even with the Hagel trade, it's like, you trade these players, you get these picks, that's fine. At the end of the day, they're all magic beans. You got you to gotta really trust your scouting department on these picks if you're going to do it. Well, it's so. only half of it, right? Drafting the players is the easy part. Turning them into NHLers is the, is the tough one, a good oh, NHL. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just the whole process. Um, yeah. I, I'm kind of curious to see – so, at least from what I could gauge from this uh, this draft class, the defensemen kind of seem to be like Simon Mendelton and Kyle 
and then there's a little bit of a drop off, and then we have the next class of the point where we have like the Korchenskis and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just curious of who you think is like maybe like the next best defenseman in that class because I, I feel like Nemec and Yerichek are kind of in their own tier. So I'm just curious who you think would be the best next defenseman on the board. Well, it's funny. I have a lot of defensemen in the same group that are some are the regular suspects and some aren't. I I am a huge fan of Shane Casey and Vladimir Gudinin. Me too. Uh, you know, it's risk. It's risky. Like those guys are risky for various reasons, but. I think in terms of upside, if you want the highest upside, you know, most unique style of defenseman, I think you're looking at Seamus Casey. But if you're trying to, you know, if you're being reasonable, uh, you know, I like Pavel Minchukov and what he could be. Um, you know, Kevin Korczynski, I, I think his, I think Kevin Korczynski will get drafted higher than I, I think he'll be the guy where once a defenseman or two goes off the board, a team jumps at the chance to pick him really quick. Um, you know, he's been playing up until very recently, uh, you know, produced pretty well, really good skilled defenseman can carry the puck well. There's a lot to like about Kevin Korczynski, but I'm not sold on like a top 10, even a top 15 sort of slot for him. Um, and the rest of them, there's just a lot of question marks. I've got Lane Hudson pretty high, Benjamin Tachuk a little further back. But, you know, if I had my way, if I really wanted a defenseman, not named Juracek or Nemec, maybe move down a bit, pick up a guy like Casey or Verdinen much later and swing on a forward. I, it's just a very questionable group of players in general this year. Uh, and defensemen are notoriously uh, difficult to project at this point in their career. Gotcha. Uh, my question to ask is, again, as being as Blackhawks fans, what Kyle David, this is going to be Kyle Davidson's first draft. And the big thing that they've mm-hmm. emphasized, and even hearing Luke Richardson's press conferences, they want, they want up forwards that can play with pace and skill, particularly at center. And they want big mobile defenseman that can move the puck. Who are some players in your mind that that kind of fit that role? Uh, I mean, you were talking, the name that jumped in my mind is a guy like Noah Osland. That would be, you know, speed, skill, pace guy. Uh, you know, they want big guys that can move the puck on back end. Owen Pickering comes to mind. That's, I mean, you know, I think there's a universe where Owen Pickering becomes one of the best defensemen out of this draft, just if things really go well. And you might be able to snag him a little later if people are a little sketchy on the likelihood of that happening. But if he hits, he'll hit big. Um, you know, Kevin Korczynski also comes to mind. Chicago will have options. They'll have lots and lots of options. Um, but in terms of forwards as well, like the forwards are where it could be really interesting. Boston comes to mind, obviously, immediately. Um to, we'll see who we'll see who's available too because it's always fun guys like what they're talking about especially if they're maybe not the biggest guys in the world are the ones that slip a little further than they should most of the time so if, if chicago sort of just stays calm and relaxes and lets the draft happen around them and they sort of capitalize on what's left then i think they could do pretty well and kind of still on that topic like what did you think about the blackhawks 2021 draft because i think i've been a huge vocal critic of it i think they went for... It was bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, said, he said it perfectly. It was very bad. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, I could have just summed it up like that. But um, it just feels like last year that they went for players that you could find in free agency, like Nolan Allen. Like I yeah. hope he's not to be some special, but it's just, I don't know. Like I feel like both kind of defensemen you can easily find in like the free. Yeah, like I mean, like even if you want to drop those defensemen, you can find them later and just go to free agency and sign them and I just think of guys that they left off the board again like Logan Stankovin, like even Atu Ratu yes. and all those guys. Like they, there's definitely some forwards that they could have gone uh gone and that kind of reminds like make like I always think of Logan Stankovin and 
The player I kind of see this year that could be Logan Stankoven is Jagger Perkis, and I wonder if you can yeah. hear that sentiment where he put up amazing offensive production in the WHL, but of course he's not the tallest guy. Like he's only he's like five ten and one hundred fifty yeah. pounds or whatever, and he's not necessarily like a burner of a skater. And I think those are two things that could really um, potentially make him drop out of the first round. So could you see Jagger Perkis potentially being there at number thirty eight for the Blackhawks if they do stay there? I'd say it's possible, but unlikely. I get the feeling that the kind of word is out on him. I think with Stankoven, you know, I I don't know. I can see why people would be a little skittish of him. He's really small. Like, Furcus is light and small, but Stankoven is really small. And, yeah. you know, there's that, like, threshold, I feel like, where if you're below that 5'10", you're, like, you're really, you're in, you're in tough to go high. And I think Furcus still kind of breaks that threshold and, and might still do pretty well for himself. Um, I, I don't know. If he's there at 38, he's a phenomenal pick. I think it would be a no-brainer. Um, but I think that might be a little unlikely. I feel like I feel like a team will be willing to take the risk that he'll fill out and, and get stronger and, and get better over time in the gym and everything. And it's possible. And it's just funny, like with size, I, like you always bring up often in your videos. It's like this is the difference between you like getting drafted in the first round or yeah. potentially going in the second round. I just, it's so stupid. I, I don't understand. It, it, but, two two um, two inches is not that much <laughs> in the grand scheme uh, of things. You know. Um, yeah. So I want to. So like Bob McKenzie's rankings came out, and we've seen a lot of uh, other rankings come out from like prominent people who be scouting, like Chris Peters and Corey Prom and Scott Wheeler and all that stuff, and. I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. what are some players that you're higher on than like more than the, the like the public consensus is, and what are some players that you're lower on than the public? Oh, consensus? where do we, where do we start? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm obviously I'm really high on Seamus Casey. Like his average rank is outside the first round now. I've got him in my top fifteen. Uh, Vladimir Kudinin as well, ranked in the middle second round on average, middle of my first round. Um, Gleb Trikazov, you know, fringe first round pick, I'd say, based on my ranking tracking, and I've, I've got him in my top 10. I mean, there's a lot. Philip Machar in the mid to late 20s, I've got him early, you know, uh, I think he's a 13. Uh, I'm just looking now. Uh, uh, yeah, like, I, and Brad Lambert is the other one that I'm also very, very high on. On the other direction, I mean, People are talking about Cutter Goche a lot. It's like a top five pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've really, I've really struggled to see it with him. I, I don't know. I, I have time for the idea of what could he be in five years or so, but I don't buy that he'll likely hit that point while everyone else is also getting better. So it's, I don't know. Like I feel like it's going to be like a Barrett Hayton type situation where, you know, if he was a mid first, if he was a mid first round pick, if it was a mid first round pick, you bring him along slowly and and you take your time with him, and the expectations are relatively low. But no, he was the top five pick and probably shouldn't have been. Everybody started talking about him as oh, maybe this is the guy that Arizona knew something about that that no one else did, and maybe there's something here. And they push him in the NHL pretty quick. And like with Cutter Gauthier, I can see that kind of a storyline brewing where it's like, okay, I see where people are coming from, but just by the mechanics of how this works out and who they're not drafting. You know, it, it, to me, it almost says more about your draft pick based on who you don't draft rather than who you do draft, right? Like, if you have the chance at player X, Y, Z, and you take player F, and player F is just not going to work out, you know, I think that says a lot more rather than drafting someone later on and saying, let's take a chance and having it maybe not work out. But I don't know. I, I He's the main one that I have a lot lower. And, and I mean, I'm not... I didn't really notice why he all of a sudden was shooting up to boards, uh, up boards at the end of the year. I think I had him in a relatively reasonable range, and then everyone started to move him up a lot. And 
I just didn't didn't hop on that bus. Um, I mean, I'm also a bit more skittish on Danila Yurov, but only just like I just feel like his overall package and upside is a little bit more limited. But I can't say it's impossible that he becomes a pretty good pick out of the first round this year. You know, obviously Rush is a bit of a of a wild card, but I'm I, I order my list based on as if everything were equal. I'm assuming that if I were talking to these players, they were born anywhere else in the world where anything could go and, and things were basically normal. So uh, I don't really think about the whole Russia thing a whole lot, but those are some guys that I think I have quite a bit higher or lower than the rest of the world. I was going to say, Cutter Dokie seems like the perfect guy who's going to go to either Philly or Ottawa, and their fan base is going to get super teed when they don't trade for a top six <laughs> forward to get that guy. We probably Yeah. He uses his size way too much at his level, and that's not going to cut him. Like, you're not going to be able to out. Like, you know who else does that a lot? I don't know if you've seen before, but Adam Fantilli does that a lot with his size, too, where he just thinks, like, oh, I'm like 6'4. I'm going to just walk all over bully all these guys. You're not going to do that in the NHL. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, that's the guy I saw on Yeah. Yeah, that's, fair enough. I, I had, um, this question, I guess, is just a little more broad, but um, like the last five years or so, there's always been like one goalie that might be a first round talent. You know, like you had like as far back as like you got like Spencer Knight to scare off, you got Walshtedt and Kosa. And there was Ottinger in 2017. Ottinger yeah. in 2017. Um, I'm just curious, maybe who you think might be the first goalie taken off the board this year and where you think that might be? Because it doesn't sound like it's a strong uh, goalie. Tyler Brennan maybe goes first. Um to Pius Lehmann maybe, but they're guys, you know, they're, they're, they're guys. I, I don't have huge expectations for, for many goalies in this year's draft. Um, you know, I, I try to pull whatever data I can on goalies that interest me for one reason or another, but just stop honking. Uh, <laughs> um, Apparently there's a, uh, there's a lot of uh, the bumper to bumper traffic here in Montreal yeah, right now. Supposedly. <laughs> so they say, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, Tyler Brennan might be one. Reed Dick, just because he was at the U18s and, like, stopped a ton of pucks, might be a guy that a team jumps on pretty early. But I don't know. I, I Usually, nine times out of ten, my attitude with goaltending is don't touch them until way later and draft guys that usually save a lot of pucks and just fingers, you know, cross your fingers and hope they work out. And like this year, there aren't that many guys like that. Yeah. And there's not that many like that this year, even in, even in Europe and such. So... There's some goalies that I would like to see drafted, but I wouldn't like go out of my way to, to add them this season. Gotcha. Yeah, that that's kind of what I gained as well. I just, you know, maybe there was a name out there, but um, but I guess that makes up for the year before because year before they had Ross. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was pretty rare. That the last yeah. year for goaltending has been pretty rare, and uh, I mean, you're not, I don't think we're going to see. I mean, Jesper Wallstead is the first one in, in, I think, in history, who's ever played that many games as a draft eligible in that league. So, you know, I, I get the feeling that, that was a bit of an outlier. We'll see what happens, but yeah, this year is not last year. <laughs> so I feel like I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? Because like I feel like we touched on everything. We talked on some of the forwards. Some. <laughs> That could fall. We, we talked about the defenseman, like what's kind of that tier underneath, like Nemec and Yurichek, and then we talked about the goalies. Not that there's really much quality there, but. <laughs> I was going to say just maybe for the last question, um, what would be your, like, prediction for the biggest surprise tomorrow, potentially? In the oh, God. Round? And why well, is it Ottawa? Like, 
it's yeah, I know. It's funny. I'm staying. I'm staying with some other people from the from the community online, and we're, we love just like bouncing these ideas off of each other. Just being like, what if this happens? Because every single <laughs> every single year, after. <laughs> every single year, you think you have the right one. You think you're like, oh man, it would be insane if this happened, or it would be crazy if this happened, and then something completely out of left field that's even crazier happens. Like. I don't even know. Like, I, I never in a million years would have thought Igor Chinnikov would have been a first-round pick. Never in a million years would have thought Tyler Boucher first-round pick. Never in a million years. Hell, no. Tyler I didn't think Nolan Allen would have been a second-round pick. Okay. Yeah. All, All right. right. All, All right. right. All right. That's I'm the last pick of the first-round. Thank, thank you, everyone, nice. for joining the PJ's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This is, the last time, this is the last time I'll be on this show. Thank you very much for having me. This is my song. This is my bird song as the ship sinks. But, yeah. Everyone a good laugh. We live streamed the draft last year, and there's yeah, just a live reaction. We heard WHL. Oh, oh, yeah. I like, yeah, yeah. We heard WHL. I was like, oh, because I thought it was gonna be Logan Stanko, and I wanted him so bad. And then I heard Prince Albert Raiders Nolan Allen. I'm like, oh. yeah. I like, I literally, yeah. I never really heard of him, Nolan Allen. I mean, they're trying to trade Alex DeBrincat, so maybe they're going, oh well, it didn't work for him, so I draft another five seven guy, right? Um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, I forget what the original question was. To be honest, with you. I, I just like what you what you think the biggest surprise would be tomorrow. Yes, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Nathan Gauthier go really high. Stop honking. Uh, <laughs> they don't like Nathan Gauthier apparently. No, they don't. Um, I mean, he's, even he's though he's from Quebec, Quebec. God, yeah, really? I think he is. Anyway, I mean, I, th- I think he plays a style of play that a lot of teams would really, really like. You know, he's an up and down guy, good straight line skater. I think. I think he's one of these guys where he's definitely not you, – you point at him and look at his biometrics. You don't look at his height and his everything and go, oh, he must suck because he's big. I don't think that's true. I, th- I think he's just a very simple player to evaluate and sort of a pretty basic one to project as some kind of NHL player, like, you know, a guy like William Carrier kind of. I know Carrier had a really successful junior career and Gauthier kind of hasn't really. But I look at them and sort of see, okay, if I'm – coaching these guys I go okay your job is to go out there and wreck everyone's business and you know get along the boards free up the puck and get it out in front of the net and Gaucher does that really really well it's just how much does the team value that potential and say well what if we make him better what if we round out his game what if we get him more skilled and whatever or stronger and bigger and maybe that slows him down a little bit but who knows you might end up with a really good power forward but I mean, he's a player that I would not be shocked to see drafted way, way higher. But I also feel like I'm not being crazy enough because it's reasonable he could be a late first-round pick. And if he goes top 12 or 13 or whatever, I'd go, that's a little nutty, but okay. So, I mean, like Maverick Lamoury at like 15 would would probably just explode my mind or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think that's going to happen, but those are famous last words. Uh, so some one of those guys, a big, you know, always look for big, heavy physical guys to go way higher. Reed Schaefer is another one where I feel like that could be a, an option that goes way higher than you would expect. So I'm, I'm expecting a ton of surprises, a ton of insanity, because um, there's always insanity, and every year it feels like there's even more. So Reed Schaefer to Ottawa 7, got it. Oh you know what? You might, you might, you might chuckle. You might chuckle, but you never know. Yeah, you, ne- you never Especially know. Yeah, yeah, you never know. And and that's another thing. Like this is the first time since 2019 in Vancouver that we're having like a draft in person. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be really interesting. Booing Gary Batman, hearing. <laughs> yeah, hearing. I won't. I won't. 
Yeah, I won't be booing him. Uh, I'm in I'm in the press box on Thursday, so it might be a little <laughs> bit taboo for me to sit up there and, and boo him. But uh, have at her. Go. You know, I was exercise saying boo your rights. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, he's a second round prospect. Woo. I'm I'm wooing him. I'm countering the boos with woos. I shouldn't I shouldn't ta- I shouldn't slap uh, Gary Bettman too bad. You know, he's he's fine. He does his job, but. He He's takes the licks. He gets, yeah, he, gets he gets the licks. There's no way to avoid it. So it'll be fun to it'll be fun to witness it in person, and I'll be looking forward to hearing you guys from the other side of the arena. Oh yeah, <laughs> you'll no. just hear you'll just hear the Blackhawks trade up, and you'll just hear two people. Yeah. Go, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get out the bullhorn. Yeah. Oh, what's your What's your hot take for the draft? Hmm. My hot and take. Well, hmm. let's say a goalie goes in the first round. Let's let's Ooh, say that. Okay. Let's, like say, that. let's let's All throw right. let's throw an NHL team out there. I don't know who, but somewhere late in the first round, I, I wonder if someone will throw a throw a pick at a goalie. I don't know who, but it's hot enough to just say a goalie in the first round in 2022. So stick with that. <laughs> I respect that. Anyways, well, uh, thanks for coming on. It sucks we couldn't do this in person, but you know what? The, I yeah. just remembered that it's been exactly years since we had you on our show the first time, so it's kind of crazy wow. how this worked out. And then tomorrow, like, I'm pretty sure it was like a year since Montreal was in the static final, and then they're going to be picking first overall in Montreal. So it's weird yeah. how things change in a year. Yeah, we're growing up together, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, it, was a, for, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming yeah. on. Sorry, I couldn't come. Oh, it's all good. Next year's um, next year's draft, we'll go wherever it is and and do it again. I wonder where it'll be next year. I think they'll announce it. I think they're announcing it at the event this year. I I think I could be wrong, but I, would I, love I feel like that's what they did. Hopefully it's somewhere cool. Let's go and hold it in Arizona in their college stadium. Yeah. Hey, I'd love to go to Arizona. Dude, the college stadium would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to go to Arizona. It would be sweet. They may, you know, probably wouldn't do it at the college stadium, but they'd probably find some other venue to do it at. Yeah. You know, Arizona's cool. <laughs> they tell the stadium they can actually sell their many tickets for once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It might be fun. So we'll see. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for yeah. coming on. I know you got places to be. It means a lot yeah. to you the time on your oh, schedule, even though it couldn't be in person. But yeah. hopefully, we'll bump next, into next you time. at the draft. Yeah, yeah. If you <laughs> if you if you see me, say hi. I'll be I'll be wearing this shirt probably, uh, oh, yeah. and a, a little bit little bit more dressed up. But uh, we'll enough. see each other. Yeah. All, All right. right. We'll see you around, guys. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Peace out. See ya.